Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12:2. This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Do you remember when going out to dinner meant spreading a tablecloth over a picnic table in the backyard? Remember when playing some music meant gathering the whole family on the front porch with mismatched instruments, everyone singing gleefully about power in the blood? Remember those summertime Saturday mornings when you and a gaggle of friends would hop on bikes, heading out for an entire day with nothing more to sustain you than some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, a few chunks of cheese, and a fistful of saltines? Remember when finding something for lunch meant stepping out onto the back stoop, screen door slapping behind you to check on the cantaloupes in the garden, thumping them and deciding that they're not quite ripe, and instead grabbing three beef steak tomatoes, almost too big to carry, and after a quick rinse in the kitchen sink, eating thick slices with just a sprinkle of salt, thinking, There's nothing better in all creation except maybe uh, summer sweet corn or fresh-picked blackberries fatter than your thumb. Remember? Remember when little boys used to whistle? Whatever happened to the lost art of whistling or whittling or spinning tops on the front sidewalk or playing baseball with every kid in the neighborhood at the empty lot around the corner. Musing in this fashion is what we call nostalgia, a wistful longing for the days of yore. First coined in 1668 by Johannes Hoffer at the University of Basel, nostalgia connoted homesickness. From the Greek nostos, meaning homecoming, and algos, meaning longing or yearning. During what a few unreconstructed Southerners sometimes called the late lamentable unpleasantness, what nearly everyone else calls the American Civil War, the Confederate government issued regulations listing the diseases which might afflict rebel troops and hinder them in battle. It seems that among the debilitating and sometimes life-threatening diseases on that list was an affliction that the field physicians aptly called nostalgia, a yearning to return home. The truth is that a longing for home is woven into the fabric of the life of every man, woman, and child. It is profoundly affected by our inescapable connection to place, persons, and principles, the incremental components of a covenant community. While the nomad spirit of modernity has dashed the integrity of community, 
It has done nothing to alter our need for it. Covenantal attachment has always been a vital aspect of a healthy psyche, while uprootedness has always been a kind of psychosis. Hearth and home are the cornerstones of help, hope, and happiness. Humanness cannot be found in escape, detachment, absence of commitment, and undefined freedom. Instead, its great promise may only be found in those rare places where people have established identity, defined vocation, and envisioned destiny. It comes from the sense of connection to land and people and heritage that occurs when people try to provide continuity and identity across generations. Such a commitment is inevitably costly, but that is precisely what makes home so infinitely priceless. Home is where the heart is, declared Pliny the Elder. Indeed, said L. Frank Baum, there is no place like home. Or as Laura Ingalls Wilder wrote, home is the nicest word there is. J.R.R. Tolkien captured the essence of nostalgia in a pivotal scene near the climax of The Lord of the Rings. Do you remember the Shire, Mr. Frodo? It'll be spring soon, and the orchards will be in blossom, and the birds will be nesting in the hazel thicket, and they'll be sowing the summer barley in the lower fields and eating the first of the strawberries with cream. Do you remember the taste of strawberries? That kind of yearning, that kind of covenantal attachment to home simply cannot occur anywhere. It must be intentionally rooted somewhere, somewhere specific, somewhere unique, somewhere preclusive, somewhere that is inherently good and right and true. G.K. Chesterton highlighted this notion, declaring, Every man, though he were born in the very belfry of Bow, and spent his infancy climbing among the chimneys, he has waiting for him somewhere a country house, which he has never seen, but which was built for him in the shape of his soul. It stands patiently waiting to be found, and when the man sees it, he remembers it, though he has never seen it before. Have you ever stumbled, as if in a dream, upon such a place? Though you had never actually seen the place before you, you somehow remembered it anyway, as if it had always been an essential part of your life. It was as familiar to you as the aspirations of your heart. It was as comfortable to you as the contour of your hopes. That is nostalgia. It is that deep yearning for home, now realized. As George Augustus Moore put it, a man travels the world over in search of what he needs and returns home to find it.
So in that sense, nostalgia really is not a malady, nor is it heartsick musing or dreamy-eyed fantasizing. Indeed, it may actually be the first step toward the recovery of our sanity. Remembering may be the real starting point for both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, go to georgegrant.net or to adoringgod.com.